0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com
1: for more great podcasts.
0: And now, on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome to...
1: We're watching here, we're watching here...
0: This is Opinionated Movie Talk with Chris and Perry. My name is Chris Williams. With me, he is the Donder to my blitzen, Perry Seibert. How are you doing today, Perry? I
1: was, I was all set to be the Maria to your Tony. Uh,
0: you might have been the <laughs> Venus to my Serena. Um, that would
1: have worked too. That would have worked too. <laughs>
0: but now it's Christmas. This is coming out the week of Christmas. It is, it is a uh, happy Christmas episode. How are you doing this Christmas season, Perry? Uh,
1: it, we are happy and festive and fun and family filled and uh, uh, feeling very fortunate. Hope, hope everybody out there is feeling the same way
0: we are the same. We are, um, as we, this is released. My kids are off school. I will be off work for a few weeks. Um, and it is releasing this episode on December 23rd. So I would like to wish a happy Festivus to all who celebrate. Um, please head to iTunes, leave us a comment. Let us know all the ways in which we have disappointed you this past year. Air your grievances on Festivus, please. Or you can just give us a positive review, and I would be very happy with that, too. Um, but either or way,
1: wait, wait and see what we say about these movies. That's Maybe right. we're going to swing you one way or the other.
0: That's right. Happy holidays to whatever to everyone, regardless of what you're celebrating. Have a great one. And let's get into some movie talk. Uh, we yes. are continuing our series of what we've been watching recently, kind of wrapping up the year of 2021. And we're going to start today with a, a release that I did not see in theaters. I saw on HBO Max. It is King Richard uh, starring Will Smith as um, Richard Williams, who is the father of Venus and Serena Williams, and his, uh, his plan to get his daughters to be the best tennis players in the world. Um, Perry, I'll start by asking you a question. What did you think of King Richard? So, uh,
1: there's a lot to unpack here for me. I, uh, I'm a tennis fan. I mm-hmm. like tennis a lot. It's the only sport I ever played at any, uh, level of, uh, uh public acceptability. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I watched tennis and I watched tennis a lot in this era. So I remember this well, uh, and what was, uh, uh what I was left with at the end of it is, uh, let's split this up for the good and the bad on the plus side. And I can't remember the last time I've said this about a movie, Chris. What's this movie clock in at? 220, 225? Yep. It feels like 90 minutes. This is a Mm -hmm. marvelously paced and edited movie. This just flows. This is like when you read like a 400 page book and it feels like it took you an hour to do it. When the writing is just so crisp and on point and the characters pop and it just plays. Uh, It's a hugely entertaining movie. Uh, so full credit for that. My problem is sort of is in the, uh, the focus here. So Venus and Serena are producers on this. Yes, They signed off on this. I don't know how hands-on they were, but they, they officially signed off on this. And for me, I think you could present this film exactly as is and give it the much better title of the Williams show which mm. would have had this wonderful double meaning, because that's, of course, what Richard called it when the when the Williams sisters first started playing, when Vita started playing and when Serena joined her. And also, it gives you this idea that this is the Williams sisters showing you what their life was like, because this film runs into the weird problem of dealing with stuff that it probably shouldn't more than it should <laughs> and not enough Not, not as much as it should at the same time there is um, I don't think they explore, explore aspects of, of Richard Williams uh, that they really could have. I think that because they want to tell this very specific story and they do, and they tell it well Uh, as a fictional work, it's not necessarily a problem, Mm -hmm. but it's a problem If you really want this story as honestly as you feel like they're intending it to be, (laughs) there's a lot of Richard's past that if they just not dealt with it at all would have made for an even tighter movie. Uh, Not that this film needs to be tightened, as I said, but they deal with it just enough that you wish they would deal with it more. Uh, You know, they don't shy away from making him difficult to like but they do shy away from the things that might make him really unlikable. (laughs) And and that's an uncomfortable point for it to hit. Also, would love more of of their mother in the movie. Uh, You know, it's so much about the family. So let's deal with the family. Uh, I think, I just think the focus of the film keeps it from being as good as it could be. And it's really, really good. Yeah, I'd agree. I I enjoyed this.
0: Uh, It it is one of those movies. I put it on at like nine o'clock on a night where I knew I had to work the next day. And I was like, okay, the way this is going to go is I'm going to watch about an hour of this. I'll turn it off. I'll pick it up tomorrow. I watched the whole thing in one sit because it is immensely watchable. It's funny. I'm a sucker for a sports movie, um, which is weird because I don't like sports that much, but I love a good sports movie. Um, And I think it's very watchable. It hits all the uh, it hits all the beats it needs to hit to keep you invested. Um, There are little nagging things that cropped up after. I mean, it ended and I was like, oh, this is one of the best movies I've seen all year, because that's how you feel watching it. Like, it's so entertaining and so watchable that you end it and you're like, that movie is great. And then you start thinking, hey, wait, that scene with the gun was really weird. And we don't come back to that.
1: That's true. And that uh, that one's true. (laughs) That one one I don't have a problem with. Okay, (laughs) But I was like, no, we're not going to unpack
0: that. Um, I I do think it does leave stuff on the, you know, stuff on the table that it could discuss. Um, It is the story they chose to tell. And I think I agree with you. There's a better story they could have probably told. I like the one they told Um, very much. So I like the fact that it is a movie that, yes, it is filtered through a traditional sports story, but it's also, it's a movie about parenting and how you want the best for your kids, but also you want them to be okay when they achieve their best, right? Like you want them to be well-adjusted. Yes. And that is a, you know, that's a commitment that Richard and his wife makes um and i like that aspect i i I found that to be a very touching and um well just a very touching aspect of that um i i feel like yeah if they had shifted the focus a little bit to spread out the love you're going to have a more well-rounded balanced movie um i feel some of the um some of the characters get a little lost uh there's there's a weird balance where there's a focus on one williams sister and then another one you know kind of gets more of the attention in the back half but that might just be the way life kind of shaped out um but what i really loved was the performances in this like that's what entertained me all through um we can talk about will smith i've seen a lot of people say will smith disappears into this role which I don't agree with I, I, don't all, I don't think Will Smith has ever disappeared into any role um but I'm not saying that's a bad thing I think I, I, I and I see you're trying to figure it out and I don't know what I would say he disappeared into maybe Ali but that's been years but Muhammad Ali Ali, is Ali so... he
1: tried and it's not that he disappeared uh, you know what I want to be real clear when I'm when I my, for my definition of disappeared for this I don't mean physically Mm-hmm. I mean, where uh, the the only film that I can think of that truly reworked what he does really well uh, was Six Degrees of Separation. I yeah. think that's a, that's a very good performance and that is at a very different tenor than everything else in his mm-hmm. in his arsenal. And not that he disappears, but his it used his remarkable charm in a way no other film has. And and boy, could he return to something like that and be fantastic? Yeah.
0: I liked him in this. I think he brings there's a really fine line that Richard Williams walks where, like you said, he can be extremely unlikable and they don't shy away from the fact that he was abrasive. Right. But I think there is a charisma and a passion that Will Smith brings that kind of already puts you on his side. You're willing to go with him because it's Will Smith and you're inclined to like him. Um, there is a weird habit that Will Smith has of being in movies where he plays a character who is risking his entire future on the success of his kids Um, (laughs) Uh and uh, yeah I don't know what to make of that but I liked him in this not as much as I like John Bernthal who is just so much fun it it, it, it's nice
1: to see him smile a little bit I don't know how this meathead looking goomba dude became such a good actor but boy has he I, don't, it. I can't think of anybody else who's managed to do that in such a low-key way like there are there are actors who've managed to pull that off. you know channing tatum's managed to pull this off mm-hmm. channing tatum has gone from being you know this slab of meat into being a really interesting performer uh but he became a star doing that and barenthal remains just this sort of character guy yeah and it's fabulous and this role is he's super entertaining
0: here yeah yeah, and he usually has a type he plays and this is not it no Um, (laughs) he is so much fun the the young women they have playing venus and serena i I don't feel they're getting enough credit because they have to look they have to look like venus and serena on the court in the way they play and that is hard like tennis
1: is So if you're paying close attention, there are. I I agree. The tennis is excellent, and I have this theory that tennis is actually a spectacular sport to film because on TV we're really only ever used to seeing it from one angle. So all you have to do is introduce any other angle, and you feel like you're seeing tennis the way you've never seen it before, and that's really that's really easy to play with, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also one of those sports like baseball. Baseball has this problem a lot of times. If you like the sport at all. And I don't think you need to be overly familiar with it. I mean, if you like it at all and, and know even a little of it, you can tell if people know how to play fo- baseball. You could tell if people know how to play tennis. Yes. And this film does a spectacular job of making you think that both of those young women are, 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 are mm-hmm. playing at a very at, at, at a professional level. No one looks bad out there. Uh, and I don't know if that's them. I don't know if that's uh, you know really good special effects. Like I remember a lot of talk about when the uh, the... The, the Battle of the Sexes movie a couple of years ago. You know, they just they just morphed Steve Carell's face onto you know, footage <laughs> in order to make it yeah. look like he's living. And they might have done a lot of that here too. I don't know. I'm not interested in digging in. The point is, it plays beautifully while you're watching. Yes, it, it does. Yeah.
0: So that's King Richard. Do you have anything else on that? Or?
1: The only thing I'd want to add, if you're if, if you find yourself engaged in culture wars, I would point out to you that if someone really likes this film. If they ever go on a rant about helicopter parenting, you should bring up their love for this movie. Cuz this is a love letter to helicopter parenting if ever there it was is. one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I had that thought a few times.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, Perry, you're going to move us on from the tennis courts to the streets of New York in 1950s. <laughs> Um, and maybe with a little dancing in there. Why don't you talk a about little, West Side a little bit?
1: Let's talk about West Side Story. So I was—I've uh, talked—we've talked about Spielberg a bunch. You know my my reservations about the man's work. Mm-hmm. I was excited for this the second it was announced. I think this is a brilliant. I thought this was a brilliant idea to do West Side Story now. Remember, this was supposed to come out last year, and with this coming out at the height of uh, or when we were thicker in in Trump world, it would have meant a lot more politically uh it 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 still lands but it's it's you know it's interesting it's a year later i think it actually kind of helps the film uh that it's a year later on that on that point uh and here's the thing about about steven spielberg's west side story i don't think it's steven spielberg's west side story i think it's tony kushner's west side story Hmm. tony kushner who uh this is the third film he's done with spielberg of course the amazing playwright the creator of angels in america uh, you know, and he's never made a, close to a bad film with Spielberg. You know, he's responsible for the scripts for Munich and for Lincoln and this. Uh, and what is what is what I loved about this is the way Kushner treats it like what it is—a play. He has figured out how to put some modern material into it without sacrificing what it is he updates it in really smart and interesting ways that will upset purists as new productions of old theater pieces do. <laughs> that's the tradition Kushner comes from. And that's not something that we do with remakes, generally speaking, in film. They are they are usually just uh, cosmetic uh, updates mm-hmm. to old things. They very rarely try to make the plot make the themes work in ways that would have worked then and play now. And I think that's fascinating. It worked for me. I'm agreeing. It might not work for everybody, but I enjoyed every one of those new sort of almost every one of those new wrinkles that Kushner brings to it. Um, that said, what I love about what Spielberg does in the movie is if you're familiar with the original film of West Side Story, it's very stagey. It is, the, it is a film that if you are not used to seeing films from the 50s or late or early 60s is, I, I can't imagine what it's like seeing it just because I know it so well. I, I, I can't imagine coming across it now at this point uh, in the culture. But he makes this feel like it's, sh- both that it's shot on a soundstage, which it obviously is. And at the same time, it feels modern. It doesn't feel... Indebted to looking like it came from the mid '50s or early '60s, uh, I, I I was reminded of how much I loathe the early sequences in War Horse, a film I like for the most part from Spielberg, where you know the shots of the home are direct lifts from John Ford's How Green Was My Valley, and he, Spielberg has a habit of doing that just to do it. He doesn't. He's not. You. He's not using it for his own purposes. He's like oh, this is the film I'm thinking about now. And this film, he's obviously thinking about West Side Story, so he doesn't feel the need to recreate it. <laughs> he recreates its style, but makes it very much his own, uh, putting a very modern spin on how it looks while being faithful to the time period and to the, the intention of the original film. So as a, as a work of interpretation, I really love it. I think it's a really fascinating way to pay you know to to pay absolute respect to the source material they don't touch the music Chris (laughs) other than a few new lyrics there are new lyrics that Sondheim actually did contribute uh you know to to give it just maybe a a, some nips and tucks here and there but it is you know they're they're not going to touch that music uh nor should you (laughs) it's about perfect uh and it's 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 really entertaining is that the performances are across the board uh rock solid Uh, wonderful work from this new generation of Maria. Maria is a very difficult part because you basically have to sing an opera. It's a really hard part. There's a reason there's not a lot of high school productions of West Side Story, Chris. People aren't that talented at that age. (laughs) It's hard to find people who can sing that well. Uh, She's fabulous, both as a singer and in the dramatic scenes. Uh, This played for me. I really enjoyed this. I don't, I have any comprehension of how it will play for anybody else.
0: Okay. I am being really quiet on this one because I have not seen West side story. I have tickets reserved as we're recording this to go see it with my wife Saturday afternoon on IMAX. Um, so by the time this comes out, I will have seen it. Um, that's a good format for this, but I will say that's a good format for this. I'm really excited about this. I, I love Spielberg. Um, you know, I'm unapologetic, unapologetic about that. Um, and it's been a long time since I've seen West Side Story, the original movie. It's been about six years. Um, and I think that might have been my only time seeing it was I saw it at the Redford Theater, which is a uh, repertory house around mm-hmm. here. Um, shortly after we moved into the neighborhood and you can't really beat it because they did an intermission at the middle of the film. And Rita Moreno was there and came out and talked about West Side Story, which was really great it was a great experience um but i don't remember hardly anything about the movie um so i i I feel like i'm going in kind of pure on this where i'm not gonna have a time to compare it to um it it was just never i I think its length was something why i've never gone back and revisited it's about three hours and uh but i do remember
1: this is shorter
0: how is the dancing though because i remember that was the thing that i loved about the movie was it was a dance movie
1: like the music and like the look of the film, they stay, you know, they stay very true to Jerome Robbins original choreography. Okay. But they add stuff like they, they, they give it their take on this. It is, you know, it is, it is not a revolutionary West side story. They are not trying to rebuild this from the ground up. They are just bringing a more modern sensibility to it in the best possible ways. It's, 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 it's worth it it's not the greatest dance film ever made i don't think the original west side story is either uh well singing in the rain is right there singing in the rain is tough to beat uh but it is and i'm sure it's it's i'm sure it's dancing that actually works better on stage than on screen mm-hmm. that's part of it uh but it's this is this ain't hard to watch chris it's <laughs> i cannot it's, wait it's, it's it's pretty enjoyable
0: how is Ansel Elgort though? He is my one reservation
1: heading into it. So I don't. I I actually I I don't dislike him. I, I I'm not saying he's the, the the you know the world's greatest actor. He obviously has some issues, uh. But I I really loved Baby Driver, <laughs> and I've seen Baby Driver a lot. And you I, know what? I, he's good in Baby Driver. I don't. I don't care. He's very good in Baby Driver. <laughs> And he's very good. I think he's very good here too. Okay. Uh, you know, not, I'm not talking about awards worthy or anything, but every time you think he really, he, can he act? You're like, yeah, he can, he, he can shade, he can bring different emotions to a scene playing playing different emotions at the same time. He's perfectly capable. And, and he's, uh, he's he's got he's got the perfect look for it for exactly what Spielberg and Kushner are doing he looks like he could have been the lead in the film in 1961 and yet he looks modern I just, all of it plays into this this was like this was the overriding decision for every artistic choice they make is could this have been how it played in the original film yeah but is it now yeah and it, <laughs> it plays like that throughout it's it's I, I liked it and all I right. like him I'm... I like I like Maria Moore. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. And I, and it's crazy. As I've been looking at my list, like this is a big year for musicals. I can't remember where we've had this many musicals out in one year in recent years, certainly big time, big. C- yeah. yeah. I mean, like you consider tick tick boom in the Heights. Uh, you know, you could have a Disney movie. There was dear Evan Hansen, which I never got around to and me either. I feel like maybe I dodged a bullet there, but I know Cyrano is <laughs> still coming out and it, even if I if I fudge, I'm considering fudging when I do my list and maybe including even Bo Burnham's inside. Um, it, it, it's a fantastic year for musicals. Like I, I'm so happy. I love musicals. So
1: it would be a fantastic year for musicals if just Tick Tick Boom had come out. Yeah, it, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, West Side Story. I am so excited about that. Um, I am eager to talk with you about it after you see it.
0: Awesome. Well, we're going to move over to Netflix now, from IMAX to Netflix. I'm going to talk about a uh, new Netflix show. Perry, I think I've been already bugging you about watching this show, because I feel like this is a show that would be right up your alley, and I feel like it's going to be up very few people's alleys, unless (laughs) they are movie nerds. Uh, so this is Voir, the new series produced by David Fincher. Uh, this is a six-episode series. I've seen the first three. And I don't even know if, it, if calling them episodes is really accurate. They build themselves as essay, visual essays on the love of film. And every episode features a critic talking about something they love about movies. And so the first, uh, the first episode is Sasha Stone. And she's talking about the summer of 1975 when she was a teenager. And she saw Jaws 40 times in theaters. And it's just this essay about how the movies got her through that period of her life, which was kind of rough. Um, but then it moves over into episode two, which is, um, I'm blanking on the critic's name here. Hold on. No okay, worries. then it moves into episode two, which is critic Tony Zhao, and he's talking about Park Chan-wook's movie Lady Vengeance, uh-huh. and how that helped him unpack the whole rhythm of revenge films, and why we're drawn to them, and what the rules of the revenge movies are, Uh, and so that's fascinating, and then the third episode uh, features one of my favorite critics, Drew McWeeny, who I've been watching or I've been reading for years since he was Moriarty on Ain't It Cool News. And he has a great newsletter, two great newsletters out right now that I, I follow. Um, and he talks about Lawrence of Arabia and how he loves that movie. It's his favorite movie, even if the main character is unlikable. And it's an, episode about unlikable protagonists and why we're drawn to them why we need them Perry I think this is one you would get a huge kick out of because it spends a ton of time talking about Scorsese movies <laughs> of course um, and, and it's just these are you know 20 minute essays they, they're not long um, and I love it I, I'm really intrigued by the possibilities of using um, video for film criticism I think there are a lot of great essayists out there right now. Patrick A. Twillems is one of them. He does some really great video essays that, you know, they use the medium to comment on it. And I think that's a fascinating approach. Um, and these are all really slickly produced. Some of them have reenactments. The Sasha Stone one is really fantastic because there are times I could not tell whether I was watching a shot from Jaws or whether that was the recreation of her life at that time. They, 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 <laughs> They mimic the blocking and everything so exactly in some things. It's, it's fantastic. Other times it's just, you know, you're having a narrator and you're watching clips of great movies. And I can't see anything wrong with that. So, yeah, this is a, this is, I can't wait to watch the next three. Um, I'm enjoying this. Have you watched any of this? Have you, I'm assuming you've heard of it. You are the
1: only person who was talking about this. I really? had no idea what you were talking about the first time you, mm. you, you, you texted me about this. I'm about to watch VAR. And i was like i have no idea what this is uh and then looked up a little bit what it was And i was like oh yeah that's i'm i'm gonna get to this eventually Like, it wasn't like i gotta watch this right now but i have a feeling this is gonna be one of those things where i'm gonna i'm gonna wake up at like 4 a.m one day and it's, it, i'll realize i'm up yeah i'm not gonna sleep anytime soon yep time to burn through all six episodes of this <laughs> it's <laughs> We're just going to sit and just enjoy this time that we didn't expect to have. And uh, I, I feel like that's, what's going to happen with this. Movie. I'm looking forward
0: to it. It's a nice middle ground because you have on one end, there's something like, and I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. It might be on Amazon now. Have you ever watched the story of film that Mark cousins did? No. Okay. He's a European critic and it's, it's a, I think it's like a 10 part history of cinema history of world cinema mini series there's a book that accompanies it and it's really in depth and it, it's really fascinating the episodes are all fantastic but they're all about two two and a half hours long yeah and and, and that one the, i mean that's Ken a new burns approach exactly will, and, yes okay and it's fantastic i recommend it um i don't think i made it through the entire thing because they are so long but i will one day um so on, you have that on one end of the spectrum which is this really deep dive a few years ago, some people recommended the movies that made us on Netflix. Yeah, to I me. couldn't get through that. No, yeah. it was the most, it, it reminded me of a VH1, I love the 90s thing. And it just bounced off me. And I knew everything they were already talking about. Yeah. They never seemed to get to people I wanted them to talk to. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. I can see why people who don't, who why people who like going to the movies, but don't love movies, Enjoy this, right? Yes. This is a nice middle ground. This is for people who love going to the movies, who love film. And these are all critics I respect. I know Walter Shaw has a episode uh, near the end of it that I'm really excited to watch. Uh, so these are solid critics. The cinematography is great. David Fincher is, of course, you know, he, he loves film. So he, he's got that uh, seal of approval. I yeah, this is this is great viewing for about an audience of 10 um (laughs) and i'm glad netflix did it this is you know every once in a while netflix makes a play where i'm like oh they do respect movies right like they get behind oh yeah they before criterion really had that thing where they released albert brooks movies netflix did that they had all of albert brooks's movies up for a bit so every once in a while they'll convince me oh yeah we still love movies but we're also gonna give you tiger king season two and uh I'll take a Tiger King season two if it means we get stuff like war, <laughs> Or, like- depending how you feel about it, the film you're about to discuss
1: next. Indeed. Jane Campion made her first film in, oh my gosh, close to 15 years since Bright Star? 12 years. 12 years? twelve. I mean, I, I, Top of the Lake comes in between that, I know. But uh, that was the the movie. Uh, Jane Campion has a new film called uh, Power of the Dog, an adaptation of a, a, a beloved cult novel that is, uh, it's a, it, is it is her, uh, it, it, in many ways, it is her returning to the piano. <laughs> it, it, is, it is the flip side of that coin. They're not the same movie. But they're they're kind of related. You can you can see they make a great double bill of Jane Campion's work. Not that you couldn't pick any two Jane Campion films and have a great double bill. I'm a fan of, of the woman's work. Uh, this film stars Benedict Cumberbatch and Jesse Clemens as brothers in, I forget which Western state. In a 1925, they run a ranch. Uh, uh, Jesse Plemons' character is... Uh, I I don't want to say he's, uh, he's sort of the recessive of the two. (laughs) I don't want to imply he's the weak one of the two. Uh, but Benedict Cumberbatch plays the brother who is, uh, much more physically imposing, more brutal, uh, on their most recent cattle drive. They stop, uh, along the way, they make plans to stay at a particular place where they have dinner. Jesse Plemons' character falls in love with the woman who runs the place, played by Kristen Dunst. She has a a seemingly an older teenage son played by an actor named Cody Smith McPhee. And basically what you have is a two hour sort of classic Jane Campion hothouse fever dream of uh, of emotional power and uh, emotional manipulation and uh, and uh, a constant undercurrent of sex, (laughs) sexual need and sexual longing. Uh, and sexual desire and, uh, all leading to, uh, uh, an ending that shouldn't be discussed <laughs> until you've seen the movie. Uh, not that it's a twist. I just, that there is, this is a film that leads to something and I, discussing it is, is a, is a very, a very bad decision. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I like this a bunch. <laughs> Granted, as I said before, I'm, I'm prone to Jane Campion style. I like, I like what she does. Uh, even her worst films and there are bad films in there have stuff in them. I really like, Uh, and this is a good one. It's really solid. It's got a very solid story to tell. Can it be faulted for being overly long? Yes. Yes, it could. Uh, But at the same time, it's, it's a problem of deciding to pace the whole film that way. It's not like it drags after an hour. (laughs) Yeah. This is a conscious you know, uh, uh, decision to make with the tempo of the entire movie. Uh, and I responded to it and I locked into it and I I enjoyed it a, a bunch. Benedict Cumberbatch is fantastic uh, playing a part I've never quite seen him play. Uh, it's He's really good. Uh, Jesse Plemons, as we've talked about many times, very good. Again, more than happy to underplay throughout most of it. Kirsten Dunst, does not get the credit for being the incredibly brave actress. She has been now for 20 years. She, I don't know what she can't do. Yeah. And she constantly challenges herself. She works with great people and she takes difficult parts and she plays them beautifully. Uh, I, I, and, and Cody Smith McPhee might give my best supporting performance of the year in anything. He's really good as the, as the son. Uh, you know, it's it's a chamber drama. It is a hot house chamber drama where you are you are just in with these four people and watch the emotionally and physically brutal things that happen <laughs> between them <laughs> for uh, for two hours, leading to a payoff that I don't. Uh, I, I I am eager to talk about with people. Oh, interesting. Again, I... another one that I think would play very differently on a big screen than it does. I. Uh, just on Netflix. And that's not to say that it plays worse, just differently. And uh, I, I would be interested to to talk to people who have seen it on a big screen.
0: I am really interested in this one. I, I've heard great things, I think it premiered at like was it Sundance it originally premiered at or? something like that. I know there's been buzz on it for a while, yeah. Yeah, and as soon as people saw it, they flipped for it. So I'm I'm really excited. This will definitely be a catch up for me um over the holidays, and uh yeah. Yeah, I think that brings us to all the episodes we wanted to discuss. Um,
1: are you planning to watch anything over the holidays? Oh, I'm sure we spend uh, Christmas Day is 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 a movie day for the family. It's, Do you guys have like set ones? Food. Or... Okay. No, well, no, no. So, so our, our set watch we usually watch new stuff Christmas Day. That's that's okay. what we've done. But leading up to Christmas, yes, uh, I can guarantee you that Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street will be watched in my house on Christmas Eve, and I can guarantee you that Love Actually will be watched in my house. Uh, no earlier than December 23rd. Uh, there's a, I, I can't believe my, uh, my youngest Tess, who is the, uh, the, the, the most enthusiastic Christmaser in the family, will, uh, absolutely watch Elf. Uh, she will absolutely watch the Phineas and Ferb Christmas special. Uh, she's a big fan of that. And I will undoubtedly. At some point, as I do every year, find an hour in which everyone is asleep or out of the house, and I will enjoy for the I don't know how many year in a row a very Murray Christmas because I I think that's an outstanding hour of television.
0: I do love a very Murray Christmas. That one's good, and we'll of course do "It's a Wonderful Life." You know, probably on the twenty third or something, and that's usually our closer. and then, yeah, I will abandon everyone and uh, spend the week watching watching new movies that they can't watch with me.
1: It'll be great. I will tell you what I am eager. It's not necessarily Christmassy, but I'm very excited about this. And I can talk about it now before it's happened, because this is going to show up after it's already happened. Yes. So just between you and our listeners, uh, uh, my youngest gets home from college, her first uh, semester of college, December 16th. And the next night, uh, I am taking her and her sister uh, to the Michigan Theater because they are showing Harold and Maude at oh. ten o'clock. And Tess has never seen it, and, Emma oh. and I adore it. And so I am super excited to to get to see that. Movie. I I I don't know if I've ever seen that movie on a big screen. I think I did when I was in college, but it's a movie I utterly adore, it. and it's really the one film. Uh, the the uh, the only person we did our films of the 70 series that we didn't get to was Hal Ashby we should have done at least one Hal Ashby film so I am oh we did we no we didn't we didn't talk about shampoo we talked around shampoo we've talked about shampoo in the past but not an episode is is still a glorious experience and so I'm I'm looking forward to that very much that's a that's not that that's a Christmas tradition but it will forever be locked in there with Christmas memories for me after having that experience I'm sure Oh, that'll be great. That's a yes. great movie. I love Harold and Maude. Yes. I, I, not, not, not as great,
0: but I'm still looking forward to it. My son and I will do uh, Spider-Man No Way Home Hey, on opening night on IMAX. That is our Marvel tradition. You could
1: watch that and then go home and watch Power of the Dog and have your own Benedict Cumberbatch double feature.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a plan. I think I might do that. <laughs> well, Perry, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. I hope you do as well, Chris. I hope our listeners have a very happy holiday season. We are going to be back... In early January, we have something really interesting and special in the works. Um, We have a pretty, I don't want to spoil it totally, but I will say there's a pretty big TV show thing that dropped uh, recently. And I think we're going to need some help to talk about it. So, uh,
1: I mean, if I'm going to be the Paul to your John, we need a George and a Ringo.
0: Absolutely. So uh, we're going to have something special coming in January. I'm really excited about doing this. Um, and then we will get back to um I totally blanked on this
1: Robert Altman thank
0: you good Lord and then we will get back to Robert Altman um and yeah we're gonna we're gonna have some fun stuff in store for 2022 but in the meantime Perry, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at Perry loves film. You can hear me every Friday on the Lucy Ann Lance show on WLBY in Ann Arbor. And you can probably, you know, find me passed out under a just an obnoxious mountain of wrapping paper Christmas morning.
0: You can find me at criticisms.substack.com. I'll put the link in the show notes. That is my newsletter um, that by the time this releases, I'm probably gonna take two weeks off, um, but there's a that gives you a lot of time to go through the backlog of Christmas stuff, franchise stuff, new stuff. There's a whole lot of good stuff there. And it's all free for you right now. Um, and I don't know how long that freeness is gonna last. So look it up all now and then uh give me a subscribe if you like that. Uh it is on I you can also find me on Twitter at Mere Christianity and I'm on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook at Christicisms. Um, and we will see you back here in the new year. Peace and love, everybody.